Thank you for listening to the Legacy Church Podcast. To connect with us, go to LegacyNB.com. Now enjoy this message from one of our Kingdom Conferences. Good morning, everybody. By the way, that every, every dollar that comes in for Keith goes to Heather. <laughs> He's like, wow. <laughs> I love you, dear. <laughs> good. How's everybody doing? How are you guys doing good? <laughs> Can you guys hear that all right? your joy come on somebody warm up your joy Whoa, I'm gonna warm up my joy I'm gonna warm up the joy I'm gonna warm up the joy I'm gonna step into the joy of the Lord I'm gonna step into the joy I'm gonna step into the joy I'm going to step into the joy. I'm going to step into the waters of the joy of the Lord. I'm going to step into the waters of the joy of the Lord. Come on, step into the waters. 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 I don't know if I'm just enjoying myself up here. This ain't for me. I'm trying to stir the waters. I'm going to try to stir the waters. Come on, somebody. You want the water stirred up. You want to step into the waters. You want to get healed. You want to get healed. You got to step into the waters. You got to step into the waters. Step into the waters. Step into the waters. Step into the waters. Come on, step in. Step in. Step in. Somebody step into the pool. Step into the pool. The water's just fine. Come on, are you going to get in? The water's just fine. Are you going to look at me? Are you going to get in and get some healing? Are you going to get some healing? Are you going to get some healing? Are you going to get some freedom? Are you going to let your dance on? 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 You're going to step into the waters. Are you going to step into the waters? Are you going to step into the waters? Are you going to get your healing? 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 Yeah. 
on, somebody, move it around a little bit. Oh, I don't know how to use those earphones. Yeah, da 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 da. Oh, the man of healing is here. The king of healing is here. The king of glory 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 is walking in the room. Touch your heart and bring you healing right now. The King of Glory is removing the thorns. From your hands and from your heart. King of glory is restoring the joy of the Lord. Saying how proud of you he is. He's seen you fighting. He's seen you fighting for him now. He's seen you fighting. He's seen you fighting for him now. He's seen you fighting for the things of the Lord in your family. He's seen you fighting for the King of Kings. He's seen you fighting at your work fighting to keep your love on he's seen you fighting to keep your joy and your hope that good things are coming the king of glory is in the room the king 
I want you to let go of them for a moment. Let go of the one you've been trying to heal for a moment. Let me heal you. Let me refresh you. Let me reward you for holding the ground when others left, when others didn't understand, but you held the ground. shepherd you're not the great shepherd I'm the great shepherd let yourself be led let yourself be led by the streams of living water let yourself be led to lie down in the stream lie down with the king let your head be on his chest let your head be on his chest I caused their enemies 
on each other in confusion. I cause your enemies to turn in confusion. It's them as you worship me. Some of you need to pick up your instruments again. Some of you need to stop comparing. Some of you need to begin to worship with your instruments. The instruments of writing, the instruments of painting, the instruments of song and dance. You need to raise up the instruments. Raise it as an act of worship. See it as an act of worship. When you're loving on your mother at home who cannot take care of herself. When you're loving on that loved one, see it as an act of worship. And worship me in it. of the homeless and broken when you're taking care of your own soul it's an act of worship when you're raising up those children as a single mom single dad Frustrated, it's an act of worship. When you're working two jobs to get by, it's an act of worship. And I've seen the Christ, and I've received the worship, I've received the praise. When you love on your neighbor. It is worship to me. When you've done it to the least of these, my brothers, you've done it unto me. It's an act of worship. Causing you to lift up your hands again and pick up the mantle that you dropped on the ground. 
prophetic word that he said you would step into something new and you would worship and you would pick your keyboard up and your guitar up and your violin up and you would worship and you would let the sounds come out of your voice sounds come out of your instruments lost your joy and you set your instruments down it's time to pick your instruments up right now, Lord Jesus, the spirit of <clears throat> sounds, creativity, mantles of worship, just, just declare even over you, just that keyboard will become alive, that sound will begin to come alive, that singing will begin to come alive, God will begin to open up <clears throat> songs from heaven to not compare yourself to others. <clears throat> but to use the instruments that God designed to glorify Him as an act of war on the enemy, creativity, sounds, songs that will heal the heart of the generations, sounds that will heal the generations, that will heal the generations, that will heal the generations, that will heal. Will heal. Joyful songs, ha, 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 ha. Joyful songs, oh, bridal songs, warrior songs, come on, songs with beats, songs with warlike beats, metallic beats, 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 that will crush the enemy, that will crush the enemy, the sounds, the sounds, the sounds, the sounds, the sounds, the, the cries, the war cries, the songs. The rhythmic declarations, the rhythmic declarations, the rhythmic declarations. The government is on your shoulders to build the kingdom of God, to bring the kingdom of God, to build. The warrior spirit is upon you. God gave you a sword. 
God gave you a sword of the Spirit to defeat self-pity, to defeat doubt, to defeat fear, to defeat insecurity, to defeat comparison, to compete jealousy, to defeat it, to defeat it. Take its feet off. Take the feet of the enemy off. Oh, take the feet of the enemy off. The breakthrough, 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 the breakthrough of creativity, the breakthrough of design, the breakthrough of excellence, the breakthrough of entrepreneurship and business, giving him glory, worshiping him through creation, through creativity, the spirit of Bezalel, who the spirit of the Lord was upon for creativity, wisdom, to craft things, to create things, to create a tent for the Lord, to create a place for the Lord. And, but we just bless you with that creativity for clothing, for design, for color, for putting things together, for seeing how things are out of order and how they come back into order. To glorify the Lord, to, the, just that, that purpose of the Lord. When the enemies tried to <clears throat> warp that purpose, it was meant for his glory. The excellence was meant for his glory. We just bless that in Jesus' name. We thank you so much. Come on. How's everybody doing? Woo! So good to see everybody. <clears throat> How you guys doing? Praise the Lord. Woo! Ha ha. Ha 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 ha. Come on, we got to cut across the boredom of the predictable. If you want breakthrough. And I got to get breakthrough the same old way. Breakthrough is going to come when you encounter something that shakes you up, causes you to have to become something different, step into a difference, step out of the box the enemies tried to put you in, people have tried to put you in, you have put yourself in, you have disqualified yourself. Your uniqueness is what gives God glory. Your uniqueness is what gives God glory. We bless that uniqueness. Start embracing the uniqueness. Aha. Don't let the uniqueness make you feel like you don't belong. Don't let it create rejection. Don't try to put Look the same just to fit in. Find your acceptance in who he made you and then begin to step into your unique design. Prophetic people are very creative. Prophetic people are very dramatic. God pours out a spirit on all flesh. His sons and daughters will prophesy. One of the signs of the Spirit of God being poured out is everyone's prophesying. Everyone is seeing visions. Everyone is having dreams. So the prophetic spirit is for everyone, which makes you... Prophetic gives you the edge. It gives you um, the difference. 
It causes people to listen. Prophetic is, is a way of seeing the world different than everyone else is seeing it and seeing the possibilities instead of the problems. Prophetic is seeing the possibilities, not the problems. We spend so much trying, trying to fix the problems, trying to heal the problems, trying to heal the land, trying to heal. We've got to start seeing what God is doing. We've got to start prophesying to what God is doing. And we have to be the new thing. Prophetic people are the new thing before X actually accepted. People love the old songs because they bring comfort in the familiar. I love the old songs. I sing some old hymns. I worship to them. There's a time and place for them. The scripture says, A man of wisdom brings out of his storehouse new and old wine. <clears throat> so I love the old wine. But scripture says he brings first new, then old. You have to get good at bringing the new out. The new is what you have to step into when no one else is around, when no one else gets it. The new, part of the prophetic reformation that's upon us, that is for everyone, is the ability to operate in the spirit of reconciliation. Part of the prophetic is seen in Barnabas. There's a Barnabas spirit that God wants to pour out. Barnabas could see the potential in Paul when no one else could. Even the apostles that had walked with Jesus were afraid of Paul. Barnabas, who was not one of the apostles that walked with Jesus, but he knew Jesus, was able to see the good in Paul, who was a terrorist in, the, in that time. Killing and slaughtering Christians and destroying them, creating a spirit of fear and terror. Can you see the good in difficult people? The prophetic company is not there to speak against the evil. It's there to see the good. Everybody is declaring out something is evil. Everyone is crying out, that's evil, that person's evil, that political party's evil. It takes a prophetic people to declare what is good. Daniel was operating in... <clears throat> some new covenant principles in the Old Testament when he was saying to King Nebuchadnezzar, who just killed people for fun, threw them in the fire, had idols created for people to worship him. Daniel was like, O king, live forever. O king, this is what God says about you. He was interpreting the king's dreams. So many times we complain about bosses that are not kingdom bosses, that are not Christian bosses, that don't love God, that have values that are not of the Lord. Sometimes we have people in government that are not of God. I used to think of myself like an Elijah to an Ahab in California. I would see the government more like Ahab and Jezebel. And my task was kind of storming the gates from the outside 
we would go and prophesy. Marguerite, myself, Heather would go prophesy in the state capitol to different senators and leaders, and they would love it. They would lunge for us when we got there, cry, get wrecked. Buddhists would get wrecked, and Catholics, and um, and I watched the senator, the Daniel senator on the inside of that system who would just love people that were pushing agendas that were not kingdom. They'd be on the floor in a debate against that person who was just pushing demonic agenda and legislation. And that person that doesn't love Jesus is just bashing our kingdom senator just to smithereens, derailing her belittling her, calling her all sorts of Christian fanaticism things, and to pass agenda in the state of California. And she would get beat up in that battle. She would go to her office and that, but she kept her love on with those people. And they would come to her office in secret can you pray for me? My family member is falling, you know, this, this bad thing is happening to my family member. I need prayer. She would lead, lead openly gay people that were pushing gay agenda in California, doing gay acts in the state capitol, very crude. We could tell you the stuff that actually goes on. She'd lead them to the Lord. Give them a Bible. Just no political correctness. No dancing around. What you're doing is wrong, but I love you. No tiptoeing around, hiding the truth, but keeping her love on. And I watched this lady go, I need to learn from this lady. Because prophetic people can be very black and white. Prophetic people can be very, they're doing wrong. I hate them. Let's just be honest. Let's be honest with people we know they're doing wrong. Do we have love in our hearts for them? <clears throat> it's, it takes a prophetic spirit, spirit of Barnabas, to see the potential in Paul when he's going against the people of God. God wants to get rid of the old perspective. Bring a new perspective for each of us. There's a prophetic reformation that's upon us. Our nation will serve the Lord. But first, you will serve the Lord. You and your family will serve the Lord. God will have every nation, they will be his. The kingdoms of this world will be kingdom, become the kingdoms of our God, and he will reign. It's our task on the earth to push for his kingdom to come, to advance his kingdom, see that the enemy has already lost. He's just good at throwing up smoke, uh, He's like a bug with a spotlight behind it 
So on the screen, he looks huge. He makes himself look ginormous and big, but he's been defeated. You've heard it said, defeated, no feet, disarmed, no arms. At the cross, Jesus says, Colossians 2, he disarmed principalities and powers and made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them at the cross. He disarmed principalities. How come we're losing? If he disarmed principalities, how come we're losing? I know that some triumphant Christians will say we're not, but yes, we are. Don't give a false Christian statement about our victory. Try to make yourself feel better and spiritual. Got a little edgy there, sorry. <laughs> we have to know where we're really at. <clears throat> we need a sobering truth to overwhelm us of where we're really at. But not the sobering truth that just makes us dismayed. But we need to know the reality of where we're at so that we can start fighting the real battle and learn how to fight the real battle. We are, we are destined to win. But we have to learn how to fight in such a way that we're going to win. First Timothy talks about <clears throat> First Timothy 1, 18, My son, in giving you this command, in keeping with the prophecies once made about you, so that by recalling them you might fight the battle well. You want to fight the battle well, you have to understand the prophetic. By recalling prophecy, you will fight the battle well. Battle well means create a battle strategy. By recalling prophecy, you will create a battle strategy. Do you have a battle strategy? Or are you just fighting aimlessly? You need to have a militant, strategic strategy. You don't go to the war and just randomly try to, what, like what enemy are you taking out? Who are you connected to? Who are you in the army with? <clears throat> Problem is we've gone to church our whole life like this, and I know that this is a kingdom house, but most of us have been trained to be good pew sitters, seat warmers. We're not militant. The enemy's way more militant than we are. He's relentless. He's relentless, relentless, relentless. I don't want to be political because politics does not win the game, but political agendas continually pound the door of legislators in our state. They have teams of people they pay people to just pound the doors of the senators and legislators until they finally say, fine, we will put this on the ballot. Because they understand persistence. And we just feel outnumbered and, out, and just hopeless. How do we change things? We got to start in our own family. You got to get victories in your own family. It's too big out here. You got to get victories here because this victory will give you authority for that victory. Your own family victory will give you victory for a greater victory. I shared that last night, but the Lord told my wife and I um, 
When your families, both your families, your extended families, your, your parents, your relatives, your brothers, sisters, like the extended version, and as you reach them, then I will begin to give you greater impact. We need to have a Joseph mentality. Joseph <clears throat> went to the top. He's a, prof- he's a prophet. What happens? His whole family comes into his blessing. That's the mindset we need to have. Your family needs to come under your prophetic blessing. Until your family, we would see this happen. We would see people in our families fighting, disconnected, come stay at our house. All of a sudden, get hope, get peace, start wanting to have relational reconciliation. Then they get outside of our family and they start going back. Begin to notice in our literal household, there's an authority. People come into our house. Wow, there's peace here. It's not that we don't have to fight for it. We have to fight. You got to fight for your peace. You got to fight for the kingdom of God to be in your family. It's not a controlling thing. I'm not controlling people because that will not create sustainable peace. It's you're fighting for healthy relationships. One can take 1,000 to 10,000. All you got to do is start getting breakthrough in a relationship. You start getting authority. My lovely wife, the greatest authority you have if you're married is right here in your spouse. It starts there. I've seen hundreds and hundreds of really whacked out marital dynamics. I meet with CEOs and this and that, and they want to go to the next level in their business. Oftentimes, I'm spent and we spend most of our time working on their marriage. Because I know that if I can get their marriage in sync, it'll be their greatest ROI. It'll be their greatest return on dollars. As you start listening to your discernment in the person that's next to you, you'll mess, make less stupid mistakes. You'll get more favor. You'll have insights that promote you. And if you're not married or if you're divorced or whatever, connect to friends, spiritual mentors, family, parents. It doesn't matter. Family can don't have an orphan mindset about family. In Christ, we are in family. So whether you have a, a blood family to work with or spiritual, the dynamics are the same. God never set you up to lose. He set you up to win. The spirit of prophecy, the prophetic reformation, is a family reformation. Malachi 4, I'll restore the hearts of the fathers to the children, the children to the parents, as the spirit of Elijah. Or also bring a curse on the land. What's a curse on the land? It's a financial curse. You want to see a breakthrough financially? Restore family. Because when you go after restoration with parents, grandparents, I've been going after, we just went to Sicily where my great-grandfather and my family line started, uh, my, or my name for my, my, the name, Ferrante. And um, 
because I wanted to, you know, see, kind of catch something there. And I've been on a one really wonderful journey of family and just, I've always honored my fathers, my grandfathers, I've always honored leaders, spiritual leaders, I've always had numbers of fathers and mothers in the faith because I recognized that was one of the greatest things I could apprehend. My wife and I learned how to paint a target on our heart that said good soil when we were young. A lot of people say, oh, I don't have a mentor. It's not because there's not mentors available. It's because of how you position yourself. If you're like, no one wants me, you're never going to have anybody. you got to start saying, I'm good soil. People be lucky to be around me. I've got treasures inside of me that people would want to fan into flames, whether you're young or old. We all need mentors. Sometimes my friends mentor me. Because I'm looking for the Christ nature in someone else that I don't have to speak into that piece of me that I need. That's a part of the prophetic reformation is family. Learning to value and see what is in one another around you. Right now in this room, we have enough power and authority to take the region. In this room, I guarantee it. If we would actually see the treasure in each person. The potential is here. The authority is here. The business understanding is here. The family understanding is here. The apostolic understanding is here. The prophetic understanding is here. To take the region. God don't need thousands and thousands. He needs just a couple people. A couple groups of people. A couple companies. Elijah was a prophet trying to take and turn the nation back on his own. He was fighting with the kings. He was fighting with the wickedness of that land. He was fighting more wickedness than we're facing. He's fighting it with the supernatural. You're not going to get it back without the supernatural. If you're like, I don't know about the supernatural, you're not going to win. You got to get comfortable with the supernatural, which means you got to get comfortable with risking. You got to risk. You got to step out. I don't know how many times I stepped out and didn't get a breakthrough. I don't know how many times when I first started stepping into the prophetic 20-some years ago, I, I could go over to a church that had an open well of the prophetic, like a, a Bethel type of a movement, and I'd be prophesying and healing the sick, and this is awesome, this is awesome. And I'd go to my little town of 5,000 where I'd went to high school, then I was pastoring there, and I could see nothing happen. I'm like, oh, dang it. I guess it doesn't work. I'm like, I'm a prophet without honor here. Nobody honors me. I could just move over there. I'd finally be honored. No. Learn a minister without honor. Then you can handle a ministry of honor. Learn a minister where nobody sees you as some great person. You're going to start it in your family. You've got to flip your family. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Not going to make them serve the Lord. I'm going to love them into serving the Lord. I'm going to demonstrate kindness. 
I'm going to learn to have healthy boundaries and conversations. And I'm going to learn to be a healthy person relationally. Learn to get my heart healed. They're going to start recognizing the difference. As I started getting healed up, my family was skeptically watching from the outside. My parents and grandparents, as we stepped into the prophetic move of God, Skeptical with some other pastor friends and churches, and they started seeing, wow, I'm not so sure about this new prophetic power thing that's happening, but I see there's more love happening with my sons. He's actually friends with the people in his church. There must be something going on there. The fruit started showing. The prophetic is a restoration of family. You begin to see the potential in the brothers and sisters in the Lord and in your own family. I used to think if they would just value me, then something could happen. No, you learn to value them. They would just value me and I could finally do something because I'd be valued and seen and respected. No, you start valuing and respecting them and see what's good in them. You start leading the way. Hello. So good. I think what he was just sharing about was, you know, we see the value in them, but oftentimes we have to learn how to value ourselves first. And, like, what does God say about you? And that's where that comes out of that place of really learning how to value other people. Because if you don't know how to truly value who you are and who God's made you to be, then there's not going to be that strength and that confidence and that courage to really step out, take risk, and actually pour into other people. You know that scripture, love your neighbor as you love yourself? Like, love Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Those are the two greatest commandments, and they're in the same little sentence, right? So love the Lord your God. And oftentimes, we're giving and giving and giving and giving without recognizing that wait a minute, I have to learn to treasure and value myself. And out of the place, out of that overflow, is where we can truly give and love other people. So even in our families, like my journey with my family was really interesting because I had to learn how to love in the midst of what felt like hell. (laughs) Because as I'm sitting here, I'm thinking, I'm just hearing different thoughts in their mobile. What about, what if they're not really if they don't deserve love, or what if they don't, like, what if they're just really mean people? What if they're hard to love? What if they're hard to lean into? You guys ever have people in your life that are just, you're like, oh, they just rub you the wrong way? Anybody or just me? (laughs) We all do, right? And so it's like, how does God show up in our lives for us to step into a place to truly love that person? So I'm just going to share a quick story with you. So I grew up in a family where my dad was one of those people that just felt he would do everything in the world. He was violent. He was abusive. He was angry a lot. Every six months, he would blow, literally. My house would be turned upside down. I'd bring my friends over, and I'd have to, like, walk into the house and wonder, oh, no, like, is it even safe to bring a friend over? The very first time I ever bring Keith over when we were dating, my parents got in the biggest fight, and my mom's whole closet ended out in my front yard. 
because my dad was just so mad. And Keith's like, whoa, what am I stepping into? And through, like, my mom raised his kids in church. My dad didn't want to have anything to do with it. He was like, he would always tell me, Heather, God's good for you. He's, he works for you, but he's not for me. So all through my life and my journey, I had this wrestle of, God, I want him to know you. I want him to see you. I want him to encounter you. Help me to love him the way that you love him. Help me to see him the way that you see him. So time and time again, you know, he would come around for a little while, and he would lean his heart in. And then, you know, even after Keith and I got married, you know, we were able, even that first night that Keith came over to my house, like, Keith was sitting on the bed next to my dad with my house turned upside down, like praying with him. And it's like, so he would lean in, but then it would never stick. How many of you guys have ever encountered that? You would lean your heart in, you lean your heart in, you're, you're, God, I'm trying, I'm trying. So then the words and the, the disconnect and all the different things would just come, come my way, right? His, his words, my dad's words. Even to the point of, I'm not going to walk you down the aisle because I'm just not going to do it. I mean, things like that, right? I mean, a loving father is not going to say that to his daughter. And so those words actually create wounds in your own heart, right, if you let them. And even if you don't let them, sometimes it's just you're just taking those arrows if you don't learn how to fight. And even if you do know how to fight, you have to learn how to take those arrows out when you've got hit unexpectedly in the battle, right? And so it's like this whole process of learning to value other people, it's like, okay, take a step back for just a moment and learn how to value and receive that love and acceptance and truth and forgiveness and healing for your own self so that you can really truly give out of that place of the Father's love. Because if we're trying to give out of our own effort and try to give out of our own works and trying to, you know, muster things up because we know it's the right thing to do as a believer, then it's going to, it's just going to fall by the wayside because we're not able to step into that place of anchoring our truth with God's truth. Because we can know the good things to say, we can know the right things to do, but it's like learning how to actively put those things into practice in our own lives and like lean into God's heart. So it's like asking God. I remember through the years, I would journal. Like I'm, I've always been a big journaler, um, whether it's on paper or it's in my phone or just whatever. It's like I just like to write things down because it's kind of I'm an inward processor, so it helps me process things. Um, and so when I would wake up in the middle of the night and my parents would be fighting like crazy, um, I would grab my journal. I had a journal by my bed, and I would grab it, and I would write. And I would just pour my heart out to the Lord. Like, God, I don't understand what's going on. Like, I pray for my parents. I pray for my mom. I pray for my dad. Like, I want to see them come to know you. And that was my heart cry for years and years and years. And so this last year, and it, I mean, Honestly, it's been a, like my dad's journey has been such a huge, it's been a lifelong journey. And sometimes it is, you guys. Sometimes people don't get it until the very end. And then God in his grace and his mercy and his love 
reach down to where they are in their brokenness and in their pain and in their suffering. It is so gracious and loving and leads them to the, leads them to the other side. So in October, this past October, um, actually September, um, we had gotten a call from my mom because my parents lived in St. Louis and, you know, we're in California. And they're like, they've only given dad. My dad had a motorcycle accident like six years ago. He died on scene at first dirt duty, off, like off, off duty first responder stopped and brought him back off the side of the road. And then he was in rehab and all that for over a month and got dementia, dementia, brain injury, all of that. And so he just, his health started declining very rapidly. And so I watched my dad, like, just go downhill. But he still didn't know the Lord, like, really know the Lord. He'd pray the prayer every once in a while, but he had never made God Lord of his life, ever. And that was, as a daughter, that's like, was my greatest joy, was like contending for my dad's salvation, to contend, to contend, contend. Because I made a commitment to the Lord. I'm like, Lord, I'm not going to let him go without him knowing you. I remember I was in um, beauty school the day of his accident, and my mom had called and said, Dad, just had a motorcycle accident. We're not sure if he's going to make it. And I remember that moment so clear. And I went outside, and I just yelled at the top of my lungs, God, he's not ready yet. He's not ready. Please, God, don't take him until he's ready. And I think we have to posture, like put that thing in our hearts that for the people that we love, for our families, for our friends, for the people that we work with, the people that God has put into our circle of influence, we have to like lean into their heart. Even though they can be feisty as all get out, even though they can be mean as all get out and rude and disrespectful and all those things, like if we truly carry the Father's heart for someone, we will lean in. We will lean in. So I went, I got on a plane and I flew back to St. Louis. And when I got there, the medical team were surrounding my dad and all the bells and whistles were going off and he was flatlining again. And I walked into that room, and I just started singing, and I just started praying in the spirit and just declaring resurrection life over his body as I was touching his leg with all the team of the doctors and the nurses around. And then all of a sudden, stuff stopped. And the bells and whistles stopped, and they asked me to go out of the room, and the, everything kind of settled down for a minute. And I walked out, and the doctor came up to me about 10 minutes later. He was like, excuse me. He goes, but what just happened? What just happened? I was like, what do you mean? He's like, something changed when you came into that room. Something changed when you came into that room. I said, Jesus loves my dad more than I love my dad. And so I, lay, I was laying my hands and just praying and just declaring resurrection life. And I saw, once again, Jesus show up in his power, in his strength, because he loved him more than I did. Fast forward five, six years to October. It was Keith and I's 25th wedding anniversary last year, and he wasn't doing well. And he was quickly declining and 
he's like, we had to go and be with your family. And I'm like, yes, absolutely. Let's go. So we went and we're there. And I got to be by my dad's bedside and love on him and pray with him and like lead him, really lead him, like literally walked him through prayer out loud and he was able to speak it. So it was like the Lord knew, like even at the very end, like he was welcoming him. Yeah, the power, there's so much power in forgiveness. Yeah, and so, you know, we have to learn and really let forgiveness become one of our greatest weapons in our tool belt as believers. Forgiveness is a key that will unlock our hearts. It will unlock others' hearts immediately. Like when we choose to forgive, when we ch- that is like the greatest measure of love right there is the power of forgiveness. Like Jesus dying on the cross, why did he do that? To forgive us of our sins, of our debts, to release healing, to release power. Like why? Because he loves us so much. Like he, does, he loves us so much to let us stay the same way, right? And so the same way, it's like I watched him do that with my dad and then got to experience when my dad passed into just the heavenly realm. And the amount of peace, Keith experienced it with me, the amount of peace that we felt tangibly in that room and the house that day was supernatural. We don't realize the war that people are going through, you guys. We don't realize it sometimes. Like, people are grumpy. People have a hard time. Like, I was so encouraged last night when the different ones of you were standing up after God was bringing just healing. It's like, the gentleman in the back, when he stood up and he was like, I haven't been able to do this. And it was like, it just brought tears to my eyes immediately because when you're walking through something and you're walking through a measure of pain and then you see God bring, show up in power and authority, it's like, you can't help but to praise him because it's so good. And it like, when you've, when you've been in that place of pain and you get relief, it's like, oh my gosh, there's just no greater joy. So the same thing with forgiveness it unlocks things that brings healing and it brings power and it brings authority and not only does it bring it for other people but it's increasing your authority so he's talk he's talking about you know there's a room full right now of kingdom believers how many would say i am a kingdom believer i am i am here because i want to just take dominion and Everything that God has for me, I want in my life. Yes. So it's like having access to these tools, which I know we know because it's a kingdom house. But I think sometimes we just need a reminder, right? It's like, okay, daily reminder. Grab your key of forgiveness. Somebody's grumpy. Maybe they have a little forgiveness issue. And you get to be the catalyst that helps love them into that place of healing. So it's like I just want to kind of charge us today with that sense of, you know what, be the change agents that God has called each of us to be. When you're experiencing just that sense of, ugh, even the warfare, like, God, I don't even know. Like, you walk into a room, and then all of a sudden you're feeling agitated, and you're like, I wasn't feeling that way 10 minutes before. Most likely it's not you. And I think some, so many times as prophetic people, we can step into that place and be like, 
and then you just take ownership of it. And then you become grumpy yourself, and you're like, why am I so grumpy and agitated? And blah, blah, blah. No, it's not you. It's like, oh, and then you have the reminder, oh, it's actually not me. Okay, Lord, I just give that to you, whatever is going on right now in the atmosphere, in the environment, whoever that is, just start praying for them in the spirit. Just take authority over that thing and just tell it to be quiet and command it to go. And then usually it kind of brings you back into a place of peace so that you can actually do and be about the Father's business. So I just wanted to share that with you because there are times when we just don't know what to do, right? We are like, we don't know how to love sometimes. And it's just reminding that God is for us. He's with us. He's championing you just to be the great person of God that he's called you to be and equipped you to be. So. So, actually, I just want to do just, like, a group forgiveness right now, okay? So, if that's you, like, you just feel like you, there's somebody, actually, Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would just bring anybody to mind right now, to people's hearts and minds, if there's somebody that they just need to forgive and let go. there's anyone that you've just been at odds with, anyone that's rubbed you the wrong way, anyone that has just hurt your heart, whether it be a family member, whether it be somebody that you work with, whether it be, you know, it could be a mom or dad or a spouse, it could be your child, like whoever that is, Lord, I just pray that you would just bring that person's face into their mind right now. Because when we hold on to unforgiveness, it locks us up that keeps us bound, like unforgiveness, anger, fear, working in the occult, all that kind of stuff, like that stuff, drugs, like that all makes us locked up to the things of the spirit. So if we're feeling a little locked up, we might need to forgive. If we're feeling angry, we probably need to release that anger and ask God to forgive us. So right now, if that's you, just wave at me really quick. You just need to release somebody. You just need to forgive somebody. Thank you, Jesus. So right now, just pray with me. Lord Jesus, I just forgive and then fill in their name. Just forgive them right now for whatever it is, Lord, that they did. Lord, and I just ask that you would just um, forgive me for holding on to that place of unforgiveness in my own heart, in my own life. And Lord, I just give them to you. I give the pain of the situation to you. I give the, just the heartache and the, um, the disappointment. And I just ask, Lord, that you would just cleanse my heart, purify my heart, Lord. And just help me to be in right standing, Lord. I just give them to you, Lord. I release them to you. And just pray, Father, that you would bless them. And you would just help them to see you as they need to see you and help me to see them, Lord, as you see them. We just love you so much, Jesus, and just give you thanks and praise right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Woohoo! Whoa. 25 years with that woman right there. Wow. That's a keeper. <coughs> 
She had to put a lot of that power of forgiveness out on me over the years. <laughs> wow, it's kind of quiet in here. <laughs> I said on her 25th, I said, babe, you can get whatever you want. You put up with me for 25 years. <laughs> uh, relationships. <laughs> A lot of times, us prophetic folks, we do have, God gives us a vision for something we want to do and impact. And um, that's awesome. But then he always starts you back in the seed of your family, of your close relationships. For me, a church where I felt like I didn't have honor and I was just, nothing good ever happened there. And it was my journey of learning how to open up the heavens in my own hometown, learn to forgive people, learn to have community. Learn to see the good in others. What's, what's honoring others? That's prophetic. You're, you're seeing, you're valuing something specific in that person, and you're beginning to focus on it. And uh, honor creates life. Honor your you know, father and mother so you can have long life. There's, a, there's, a, there's a, a, a long life when you, if you want to live a long time, learn to honor other people. Because if you don't honor them, you're just going to be bitter at them. And that's going to steal life. Bitterness sucks the life out of you. It makes you like a lemon, you know, that's just, just sucked dry. Like nobody wants to be around. No one wants to be around a lemon-sucking Christian. <laughs> the enemy's tried to put a bitter spirit over our nation, hasn't he? got to realize this is not flesh and blood. This is not political. We're not dealing with a political spirit. We're dealing with a demonic spirit. It's hard to separate the person sometimes from the issues. Now, I go after the issues. There are times when I go directly after the issues. I've gotten good at what I do prophetically. I can minister to an official that is going the wrong direction, and I can prophesy into them in such a way that their heart gets pierced by their purpose and by what God designed them for, even though I can see prophetically they're going this way and they're leading people to this destruction. That is destructive. That's hurting a lot of people that God is not happy with. But yet I know I can never get them to shift that if I don't see the potential of them here and call it out. The end goal is Jesus reigns. The end goal is evil is booted out. The end goal is kingdom, family, and righteousness, and purity, and, and, and uh, people in their right minds, people knowing who they are, knowing their identity, and no confusion around gender. No confusion. But guys, you know, if we're, sometimes it's like we have, we, you know, we're, we're upset about, you know, the battles in our country that are pushing against morality. And by the way, testimony, remember you got to be looking for what God is doing in our country. Last night I was watching as um, they were talking about it on national television about Louisiana. Remember I mentioned Louisiana last night, first state I was praying for, the reconciliation state. They have declared that it's a mandate to put in every school system something on the wall, in God we trust. Because that was actually fought for in the 50s by leaders, and it was our original 
It was on, it's on our money. It's on da na 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 And they're like, we're going to have this in our school systems because this is what we stand for. And I know there's five or six other states that are doing the same. You've got to see the hand in the sky, the cloud the size of a man's hand, that God is doing something in our nation. You've got to see it at a, you know, a macro level, like a big level, and then you've got to see it at a micro level in your own family. That's why family, we, 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 we you know, came down and looked at family. The authority is here. Heather and I had favor to do the nations, and we're traveling in our 20s doing prophetic conferences, ministering, and even national leaders. Well, I remember this national Baptist leader in Brazil. Heather and I went there, and we were just young zealots in the prophetic, and we, we, we weren't super, like, um, theologically, you know, full of understanding, but we had gotten around some prophets, and it gets on you. You start prophesying. You get in the company of prophets, all of a sudden you start hearing and seeing, starting having angelic encounters and visions and words and knowledge. Oh, I didn't have any of that. It opened it up. I have like, that's, that's why I believe in the company of the prophets because even in the Old Testament they had companies of prophets and wicked kings would come in and start prophesying. God can change our nation through a prophetic reformation. That's why you even have a school here. Well, we're partnering with Cindy, who started an emerging private school here this last year, and it's going to continue. And this is, this is a dream in God's heart to have a company of prophetic people. You might not even think you're a prophet. You don't have to be. You get in a prophetic vortex, and you begin to accelerate. You begin to see things that you didn't see before. I mean, it's as simple as my, uh, my angel book that's over there. People get that book. I've never seen angels. They read the book. All of a sudden, they start having angelic encounters. Them and their children. There's a power that I learned and I caught and now happens through me. <clears throat> happens through prophetic people. There's something of the nature of God that he wants it to be contagious. Yeah. Woo! Come on, guys. Yeah. You're more contagious than COVID, baby. Yeah. Come on. <clears throat> people should take their mask off when they get around you. I say, come on, spit on me. Let a little of your anointing come off on me. Woo! I remember a prophet we had in my car, uh, one of the prophets, and he, you know, drank half a bottle of water and left it in the car. And I'm like, I'm keeping that. I got some anointing here. Drink it whenever I need it. <laughs> we prophetic people do crazy things, don't we? <laughs> Ah, you got to catch that. Why do I laugh, guys? Some people are like, man, I, I would love to prophesy like that person, but I don't want to be like that person. <laughs> you know, this laughter, this ecstatic Kiferante stands in front of wealthy, wealthy men and government leaders just like this, and God shows up. I tried to say I got to be more Polish. I can't do that. This is not the right place. Suit and tie, I got to be nice, and nothing would happen. Nothing would happen. And I'm not saying there's not time that I do that. And, I'm, you know, I can, I can fit nicely and they don't know what's going on. But sometimes the Lord's like, no. I remember one time when he was teaching me this lesson, there was a, there was a government. Uh, I was with this guy that would go to D.C. and all wealthy and everything. And uh, I was at his house and no prophecy was coming, no, no, nothing. He, and, and he had invited me over and he, he was inside later on wanting to... Kind of figure out if he's going to partner with me. And, and he just, he didn't, the juice wasn't there because I was trying to be on my best behavior around him. 
I'm like, he can't handle my wild side. That just, that's going to offend him. He's not going to understand it. And then an angel showed up, and I've learned to recognize the angels. There's an angel, and I just kind of reached over quietly. Said, okay, what's this angel? Because you kind of want to get your hand in the proximity if you can get over there. No, what's going on here? And sometimes you get some, sometimes you don't. It doesn't really matter. But I, I, as soon as I did, oh, I start prophesying. My head starts shaking. I go up. I start hitting the guy on the chest. This is what the Lord says over you. Is what I start running around the room. Jesus, Jesus, oh. And I'm doing this, and I'm like, I've ruined it. And time, as I'm doing it, I'm thinking, it's over. I've shot my favor. But I'm like, yeah. You know, it's, it's like two things going on. You ever had that happen? You know it's the Lord, but inside you're like, ah, ah, ah. And I'm doing that. Next thing you know, that guy jumps up and starts running around the room too. <laughs> prophesying, releasing stuff, shouting praises. He's like, I was waiting for this. I knew there was something inside of you that I wanted to partner with. I want to help you build a company of prophets. Sometimes you think that just being yourself is going to hurt your favor, but it actually is the very thing that's going to open the door. Prophetically, if you're going to, have, if you're going to, have, if you're going to see the good in others, and what is prophecy? It's the Father. It's the Father looking through you at them and and calling their original design out. This is who you are. Pulling it out of their heart where it's all cluttered with all this stuff that other people have said they are. They think they are confused. And you come in, this is who you are. You pull it out. Just show it to them. This is who you are. This is who God made you. Here's a little bit of your past. Here's your present. And here's your future. Oh, my word. You're just telling them who they are. You get good at telling people who they are. Prophetic is from the Father. You tell them about their family. This is what's going on in your family. I was prophesying over, I was um, on the keyboard. I went live on Facebook and I started prophesying over California and our state governor, Gavin Newsom. Started prophesying over his family, started releasing a word over his son, though I did not know he had a son. I hadn't studied up the part of his family. I started talking about some issue that his son was going through and started prophesying about what his, his, his wife, what, what was happening was with wife, with some dreams God was giving her. And I was releasing this word over Facebook, just putting it out there as a part of my, you know, what we do as prophetic people, part of our prophetic authority. The, guys, listen, a song will get through where a word will not get through. Most likely, people will be like, Keith, great session. I loved your song. I don't remember another thing that you said after that. Most of the time when I do a song, people forget everything else I say. <laughs> There's a power in sound. There's a power in a song to get through. Well, my senator friend got a hold of that Facebook post and sent it to Gavin Newsom's administrator. And then they sent, and that got to Gavin Newsom. He listened to it. And they sent a note back. How does Keith know this? Nobody knows this. Nobody knows what's going on with my son. He's going through something that the doctors can't figure out or something like that. And tabled some legislation that he was going to, that was going out that was because it was actually going to affect his, his son. And, and I think the Lord just gave me that little thread of hope. He's got to give you those little threads that you can do something in your 
own home because you have a heart of love and it can get all the way where it needs to go. It can have the effect it needs to have. But you have to get good prophetically to see the good in yourself first. Not with an egotistical way, but you need to first of all prophetically see who God made you. Create a, what, is, what is create a battle strategy about? First Timothy, we talked about that earlier. Timothy, in keeping with the prophecies once made about you, so that by recalling them, you might fight the battle well. You have to recall what God has said about you. What, is, what, is, what, what do you do when you're in, in looking, when you get a prophetic word? There's things that God says you are in there. There's things that he's healing. There's things that he's going to fulfill. And you pull out those things and you learn. to. I, I create identity statements out of the things God says that I am. Sometimes we can just hate ourselves. Let's just be real. I've hated myself. I've hated my loud, outward, get into a fight kind of personality. Anybody else here like that? A couple of you? <laughs> Lord's had to tell me you have self hatred. How can we heal someone else if we hate ourselves? It starts here. We've got to embrace who God made us. Now, I'm not making excuses for things that I need to grow in and develop in and be more sensitive in and all those kind of things, but like the core essence of who is, we've got to learn to appreciate who God made us, that he wired you a certain way. Not like that person. You're unique like you, and you're, you can make a difference. Prophetically, if we're going to impact something larger, we've got to first start here. And then we begin to see the potential in the family around us. They're the people you're with all the time that don't necessarily think you're the greatest. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But you got to begin to see their potential because you got to shift your family around where your family begins to have a culture of valuing each other, prophesying to each other, calling the greatness out, forgiving each other. You begin to create an environment in the family. We were, my wife and I were traveling to the world, traveling. Like, I go back to that story about Brazil. We were in the nation. We were with um, a, a national Brazilian a Baptist a leader, went to one of our events. It was an angel that showed up on the platform. I had learned to partner with the angels and recognize where they were and go over. And I just, I'm up there, young, in my late 20s probably, kind of come up there, grab the angel's hand. I start shaking and baking. And I'm, oh, come here. You know, and I start releasing healing. And God starts breaking stuff out. And people are getting healed and touched. And this Baptist pastor goes, oh, my word. We've been praying for so many years for revival, and it comes through this young man from America. We had the favor back then, but God said, Keith and Heather, global reform starts at home. You're already stepping into favor out there, but you don't know how to bring favor in your hometown, in your home city where you, no one recognizes you. You're without honor. You need to go back there. And you need to get the breakthrough because you cannot, you cannot go over the process. So many of us want out here. David was faithful here or behind the scenes with the sheep. Then he got Goliath. Then he didn't take the kingship even though he was called king. Then he began to you know, lead armies and fight battles, fight, fight, fight. He's gaining authority. He's gaining, and David was a prophet, guys. David was a prophet who raised up a whole company of prophets around him. 
I work with David like CEOs. Because I believe in the concept the prophetic reformation is going to happen through prophetic people. David was a prophet that knew how to value the prophetic. He was trained up by a prophet, Samuel. So was Saul. Saul was a prophet. Saul was very prophetic, but he, he didn't get his character right. That's why we have our emerging prophet schools, because in relationship you get your character right so you can be entrusted with an impact, a greater impact. David got his character right. He was learning to honor dishonorable kings. He was learning, you know, to, to fight the battles of the Lord when he wasn't king. You have to fight for things when you're not recognized for it. Are you fighting for things you're frustrated with, or are you just being frustrated about them? How do you fight for them? You start in prayer. You fight for things in prayer. Maybe you don't have a door to be with someone to try to get something changed that you see that needs to be changed in the region, in the nation, even in your own family. You start in prayer. Prophetic people start in prayer. That's where you get your authority because you get compassion. And when you get, get, get compassion, you begin to see things. When I'm in prayer, all of a sudden, I begin to see things. I begin to get my prophetic words. I begin to get my strategies. They come in prayer. I begin to prophesy them out. I, don't, I prophesy over presidents in my private room. I, have, I know exactly what I'm going to say with them when I meet them. I have them in front of me in the spirit. I'm shaking their hand. This is what God says to you. This is what God's going to do. This is what he's going to do to your family. This is what this is going to I begin to get their whole family in my heart. Governors, I begin to get their whole family. Centers, CEOs, I begin to get their whole family in my heart. I begin to see them. I begin to put influential people that I know that God will never give me access to unless I have a heart for them. And then you know what? I'm looking for them. I start looking for them. Sometimes I send them a word on social media amongst thousands of other comments. I'm just seeding the atmosphere. Woo! Elijah had a spirit in him to shift the nation, but he couldn't do it on his own. But he was seeding the atmosphere. He was prophesying. He was declaring that that nation would serve God again. What happens? God says, raise up a son, Elisha. He had to start imparting the spiritual family. What happens? Elisha raises up companies now. Now there's 20, 50, 50 here, 50 there, prophets. That's why we're raising up a prophet school even right here. Because there's something about the companies. Elijah could not boot Jezebel and Ahab out. Elisha couldn't boot Ahab and Jezebel out. But the unknown prophet in 2 Kings 9 that was a part of the company, that was in a family context, that was healthy, he could have the word of the Lord put in his mouth. He wasn't a loner. I hear everything from God on my own. Elisha tells him, you're going to go to Jehu. He's the commander. Elijah had gotten the prophecy about Jehu. Anoint Jehu to be the next king. Elijah went up to heaven. He didn't accomplish that. Elisha carried that word. you got to realize the prophetic reformation is generational. Elisha carries the word of Elijah, and he gives it to the third generation, the unknown prophet, no, not famous, the 0070 prophet, I like to call him. This is the prophets God is raising up today. They may not be famous. They may not even ever get behind the pulpit like this, but they have a power inside of them. They know that they're famous in heaven. 
So many times God has had to teach me about not being a famous prophet. So many times I'd have to wrestle through going somewhere. And, uh, I, 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 you know, I've had some famous men. They, 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 you know, sometimes they'd take me, sometimes they wouldn't. And if they, and if they brought me, who's Keith Ferrante? We know Chris Valentin. Who's Keith Ferrante? And I'd have to wrestle too. Man, when are people going to know me? I'd go overseas to uh, uh, Germany, and it's like, oh, we know Dan McCollum, but who's Keith Ferrante? Man, dang it. Can, can, you bring, can you please bring Dan McCollum over with you? Can you please bring Chris Valentin over with you? I have to learn to minister without honor. Stop needing your name to be championed. Get your affirmation from the Lord and from your family and from those around you. And get it settled by I'm his son. He's pleased with me. I'm doing his work. And I would go places where that honor wasn't there. And I'd minister and pray over people and go out in the streets and do prophetic acts and minister for hours behind the scenes and just serve and serve and love. And at the end, people, oh, my word, we love you. Please come back. God will open doors for you when you let go of the need for you to be that person that is known. That unknown prophet, 2 Kings 9, he gets a chance, finally. Whoa. Shaka, my chance. Elisha says, Elisha, the, the, the double portion prophet, does not go to anoint the next king. He sends one of his trustworthy emerging prophets. Send him. And he goes and he prophesies. Listen, you're going to get in some doors that other... That the, the bigger name prophets can't get into. Woo! Oh. Mind of your name? Steven. You're gonna get into doors some others can't get into. You're gonna be able to minister to commanders and kings, military leaders, people of authority, government leaders. Even when you're going to funerals because of someone that's passed on because he got taken out. And you're going there just to honor, be a part of it, but you're carrying the word of the Lord. I know, I know you because I know a little information. I know you're a police officer, but you, you go in with you got the police badge, but you're a prophet. And you know that that police badge just gets you in the door, but really who you are is a prophet prophetic voice, apostolic authority, signs and wonders follow you wherever you go and they come through your hands and you have a grace to heal and reconcile relationships. You have a grace to heal. You have a Barnabas anointing on you. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you. The joy of the Lord is upon you. You have a wild, drunken, Holy Ghost side of you. You're a, yes, you're a Cornelius. You're a man of authority, but you're a gateway. You're a, you're a conduit for the heavens to open up through you and you can facilitate what God is doing and God's going to use you to bring a reformation to this state, and then it's going to open up something, something that you're going to be a part of championing and some sort of uh, uh, thing that you're going to champion. It's going to bring some national attention, some little shift that you do that you're just, you're taking on this project that others don't believe in, and but that, that needs to be done. It's failed before, but you're like, I believe we need to do this. We need to, this is one way of fixing our, the uh, part of the, the, uh, the problem that we have with, with crime, with poverty, with homelessness, and, and God begins to just open up doors because you step into the, the groundwork, and God puts a word in your mouth, and you got a heart of compassion 
compassion, you have a huge heart of compassion. And so God has given you governmental authority. It's not just you. You're starting to appoint others to train them in the things of the kingdom, how to hear God, how to prophesy, how to be strategic. You can start gathering a band of brothers around you. Training them in the things of God, how to, how, to, how to carry that internal weaponry of the kingdom of God along with the external weaponry that's needed for the job. Ho! Ho! Sometimes you're actually getting into hospitals. You're partnering with firemen. You're ministering to someone that's got shot up, got beat up. You're going beyond the call of duty and you're going in there even after arresting or whatever is happening and you're going and you're praying for them. You're prophesying over them. You're speaking life into them. You're ministering to their family, releasing the word of the Lord. You're seeing healing come. Heaven begin to show up. It's a new model. It's a new day. The 007 prophets are here. Ho! Shaka Thank you, Jesus. Ha ha ha. Thank you, Father, for the 007 prophets. The 007s, Lord. Let them begin to rise up, Lord. Let them begin to rise up and not hide anymore. Come out of their caves. Come out of their caves and step into the mantle that was handed down through the family line that they thought, I can never walk in the shoes of the family lines. Like, no. Catch the anointing from the family line, but do it in a way that's you. Be you. Step into who you are and God made you to be. Begin to shake things up. Begin to bind the works of the enemy. Begin to deal with the snakes of the enemy. No snakes will harm you. You will trample snakes and scorpions under your feet. Lies of the enemy. Long tails. Works of the enemy. You'll expose them because the spirit of revelation that God has placed inside of you to be an unknown Weapon that is known in heaven, known by the people around you, but God has put in a new mantle on his prophetic people. It's like Clark Kent by day, Superman by night. You can do your job, just, oh, just doing his job, doing his job, doing his job, but there's this superhero there, resident. Show! Ho! Shaka, brumbre, breshokanda, brinda. Thank you, Jesus, for the 007 prophetic voices, oh God, that see and hear and have a heart for family. Love family well. Love the word well. Seek your presence. Are strong in the faith. Are a pillar in the house of God. Are, are like a Revelation 3 Philadelphia people that though. There's a smallness, but they haven't let go. They've held on to the course. And I'll make them a pillar in the house of God. They'll never move from it. I'll give them the keys of David. Whatever they open, opens. Whatever they close, closes. He's put that spirit on you of worship, 
of creativity, of loving the next generation, of absolute purity in the family, of restoring the purity of the family line, of restoring healthy value. That's what you're fighting for and breaking through poverty, breaking into uh, uh, abundance, even stepping into more than was handed down to you. God's given you that fight, and he's breaking something off. I see God breaking something off. Even in your body, I see him healing something even in your body, even in your inside organs. He's doing some healing right now. He's bringing just joy inside. He's bringing literally, he's bringing a work there, and he's rooting out the works of the enemy, whatever, whatever's going on. He's bringing a settledness. I speak life over you because there's power in your own words. There's the power of life in your own words, but God's bringing life to you first. I bless you and what he's called you to build. You're a builder. You're a seer. You see things. Oh, God's opening your permission to see and discern. You're a discerner. Discernment doesn't separate from relationships. It just gives you understanding of where the ditches are, where you need to pray, and what God wants to do. Because you're meant to be connected. So we bless you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for the prophetic reformation that's rising up, Lord Jesus, in this house, in Texas, Lord Jesus. The governmental people of God, part of the government of God is the prophets and the prophetic people. They're the apostles and prophets. There's apostles and prophets in this house. Whether you're a prophet or apostle, doesn't matter. Just catch the grace of this house. God's stirring up the well. He's cracking it open. He's bringing the water so that this, there can become, become attraction. There's an attraction, a supernatural attraction where there's not only the poor coming, but there's kings and influential people coming to drink of this. And God wants you to see yourself differently than you currently are right now. He's relabeling this house. He's repainting uh, of what, what the view of this house is, how you see yourself, of how you see what your impact is. And he wants to begin to shift the mindsets of this house and even its function and what it's doing and thank you so much, Father, for the excellence on this house, the excellent spirit, God. You're going to bring this place, Lord, into a whole new day, Father. I know there's new buildings and all that on the wall there, but I, just, I see those new buildings in the spirit. And so we just bless that, Father, the, that place, Lord, with uh, uh, philanthropy, that place with entrepreneurship, that place uh, with excellence, that place with uh, training and equipping, that place to partner to bring solutions to the... Uh, to, to the, to the um, to the world that this place influences, even to the nations that this place is called to influence, that the Lord's going to keep growing the online profile. It's going to begin to draw some people from other countries, even Africa. Other countries too, but I specifically see that. We bless that, Lord. And that partnership, that bridge, be back and forth between there and here. We bless that, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This is a new day, Father. Thank you for the people of God here, and we just bless them in Jesus' name. Let me, uh, as we're going to lunch, give out a couple books here. Um, man, haven't we had a good time? Woo! I feel, I feel sloshy. Uh, if you're online, you can get these books online on Amazon, but if you're here in person, they're, they're going to go quick because it's like, one for 15, two for 20. They're, they're like 20 bucks online. 
Uh, prophesying like a prophet, this is, this is the grace that I learned. You, you don't have to be a prophet to get around prophets and start doing what they do. That's the grace of a new covenant prophet is for you to see like they see, you to walk in what they walk in. If some people, we just get mesmerized by prophets or highly gifted people. I kind of learned how to kind of move past that. It's great to receive from a prophet, but go past it and start catching the essence of who they are. If you catch the essence of who they are, then you can begin to operate like them. And I'm always, when I get around prophets, I'm always like, how, what, what's the elements that creates the, 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 how they see, how they operate, how they impact? I want to, that's what I want to catch from them. And this book will give you um, some of the keys on how I operate and have operated and have ministered to kings and some of the other prophets that I've walked with, how they've done it. And it's, uh, who's one of the uh, uh, people that are, that, that are in the emerging prophet uh, school right now? Who's in? Yeah, let's give it to our 007, man. Just, 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 just bless you with this. Come on. Greater increase. Greater increase. Greater increase. Greater increase to teach, to prophesy, to serve leaders. But you are a leader. We just bless that. There's times where you're holding up the hands. There's times where you're leading the charge. It's different seasons, different assignments and we just, in your tool belt. So we bless that. The Swiss Army knife anointing in Jesus' name. Woo! I love prophesying because I get to see God's heart for people, and we all get to see it, and, and then I get drunk in the process. <clears throat> it feels good to be drunk in the Spirit of God. Ha-ha. And this other book I wrote, put out last year, Heaven's Justice System, this is something God showed me on um, the eight different levels of how justice operates. I used to think the judgment seat was just judgment, one size fits all. If you do bad, you're zapped. And the Lord started showing me his justice system is eight tiers, and it starts off with kindness, and it moves all the way to severity and death. But we, he's, uh, God said, I'm going to restore the age of the judges. And so after 18 years of asking what judgment really was about, he, he finally started speaking to me and unpacking, uh, I believe, a very powerful uh, blueprint for governmental people. These are not necessarily people in politics. These are people that want to bring God's kingdom to earth and operate in kingdom justice. This will show you the blueprint that God gave me. Um, and God told me he had, to, he had to wait 18 years to give me this because I wanted wrath too much. This is I cannot show you my true justice system because this justice system comes from a father's heart who loves his children. And first of all, we reward them. Sometimes justice is a reward goes out. Sometimes just, and God has trained me when I'm in situations, I will now ask him, what form of justice do you want to release right now? I want, well, I want you to release level four, Keith, to this person, which is mercy. I'm like, I don't want mercy for them. I want severity, level seven, justice. God, give me level seven. No, four, mercy. That's what you're going to give them. And learning to operate with him and how his justice operates begins to make you someone that he can entrust to be a kingdom judge to represent and to begin to operate in judicial authority here on earth. I know that seems kind of heady, but this is a powerful book. Who is in the school system? Who works in the school system? Okay, I'll give it to you. What's your name? Natalie. Thank you, Lord, for Natalie. Where, where do you work? Elementary, Elementary school. And, uh, we just bless Natalie, Father. Lord, as she's in that, uh, Lord, uh, pouring into the foundations of those youngsters. Lord, right where they're 
in that strategic, sensitive moment where a, a big influence can be had in their lives. And I'm praying literally that the justice of heaven will come upon Natalie for those children and their families. Lord, and she will begin to be a voice that can speak life into them. She can begin to destroy the works of the devil. You would give her such a spirit of discernment, Lord. Lord, where, the, where there's abuse happening, where there's hurt happening, where there's things that are being missed, where, where there's need, where there's hurt, where, where families need love. And Lord, Lord, you would take it way beyond, Lord Jesus, just the, the school position she has, Lord, to where she's a prophetic voice, bringing reformation to that environment, transforming that culture with the Father's heart, with the love of a, of, of a kingdom mother, and we just bless her in Jesus' name with wisdom and favor. You're going to increase her, Lord, exponentially in that environment as she steps into this, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you. All right. It was fun. We'll see you. We'll candy you over, and we'll see you a little bit after lunch. Thank you so much for joining us as we seek first after God's kingdom and release it to transform lives and cities. If you would like more information about how to grow in the kingdom or connect with Legacy, go to our website, www.legacynb.com.